T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0. And liftoff, the final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. And blast off. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Jake Schaefer Campaign. I'm your host, Jacob Mark Schaefer, and this is my campaign. I'm kind of busy this week, working on some papers for my master's, so we're just going to jump right into the episode. If you're a fan of the show, please tell some friends. I uh, got some listeners in England now. That's cool. I like England. They gave us English common law, which is basically a miracle. Um, so England's cool. All right, well, without further ado, Chapter 10 of The Fleeting Prince. Chapter 10 Lennox opened his eyes and watched the fire from his torch flicker beside him, its quiet flame slowly dwindling at his side. He lay still for a moment, feeling his chest rise and fall with each breath, until at last he sat up. Drear and dark were his surroundings, a murky cavern lit dimly by his fading torch. The girl was beside him. That was a small relief. After taking a moment to check himself for injuries, he went to her next. She was breathing. He ran his hands along her body, checking for any bones that may have been broken in the fall. He paused when he reached her leg, feeling the warm blood as it soaked out from beneath her cloak. This won't do, Lennox thought as he looked at her. He shook his head and drew his dagger cutting into her pants from the knee downward before carefully stripping away the wet leather and bloodied wools that lay beneath. He kept watch for any signs of pain, but the girl remained still, her sleeping face indifferent to the world around her. Lennox brought the flame close for a better look. It was a single piece of wood, thick in diameter and nearly as long as his hand. The splintered piece had pierced cleanly through the girl's left calf, and the knight was concerned that she would bleed out if he did not act quickly. He set down the torch and removed his gloves, placing one hand upon her thigh as he dug the other deep into the wound. He grasped at the fractured wood as quickly as he could, hoping the girl would not be roused by the pain. The blood made it difficult, though, and every time he thought he had it in his grip, it would slip out from his fingers. He took a moment and looked at the girl, a hint of sadness poking through the small slit of his helm. Then he pulled out his dagger and cut at the skin before ripping out the wooden stake in one quick tug. She woke in a scream of shock and agony, her body writhing in pain as she fell back against the floor. Be still, Lennox yelled, trying as best he could to hold her down. Be still. He managed to pin her to the earth before reaching for the torch, whispering something into the air. The torch suddenly exploded in a flame of blue that burned hot and cast its light brilliantly, revealing for the first time the night's surroundings. He paused for a moment, shocked to see that they lay against the side of a dark crag, its sharp edge only feet away. He turned back to the girl and pressed the torch against the flesh of her calf. She let out one final scream before falling unconscious. Dropping the torch, Lennox fell backwards. The blinding fire that had burned so fiercely moments ago withdrew, leaving the torch half-melted on the earth, its fire slowly returning to its normal red flame. Lennox took a moment to rest while his eyes adjusted. Then he picked up the torch and held it close to the girl's calf, its warped metal still warm to the touch. The poor light made it difficult to confirm, 
but the wound seemed to be closed. It was all he could do at the moment. Anything more would take its toll on the night, and they were not safe. Not safe at all. After cutting his blanket into a dozen or so strips and wrapping them around the torch, he made his way to the crag's edge. He tilted his head back, trying to find any sign of the keep above them. But the torch was weak, and the cavern walls tall. He peered over the edge, nothing, only the sound of a distant river moving swiftly below, its black waters lost in the darkness. Hmm. How fortuitous. He looked back at the girl and then to the cliff's edge. Any further we might have drowned. Well, she might have. He supposed he would have awoken sooner or later. For a moment his mind went to Shiva. Had the warden fallen into the river? Had the wraith? <laughs> if only that man could be killed so easily, he said to himself. A habit from years long spent alone. He turned and looked at the girl, a smile hidden beneath his visor. We'll see him again. Of that I'm confident. Afterwards, he returned to the girl and drew her up, throwing her over his shoulder as though she were a child. He paused, deciding which way he should go. But since he didn't know where either path led, he realized it hardly mattered which way he went and began walking. Soon after he set out, the land began to slope upwards. Not a lot, but enough for Lennox to notice the incline. He plodded along patiently, letting the torch grow smaller as he did. As light as the girl was, Lennox could feel fatigue setting in. It came quicker than he thought, much quicker. He was considering taking a small break when the path ended abruptly, dropping off steeply into the valley below. Blood and ash, he thought. Weariness came over him then, and he set the girl down, checking her wound once more before looking out across the gorge. If he looked hard enough, he thought he could make out some sort of drawbridge that set across the chasm hidden in shadow. Parva Lux, he said aloud and waited as a small ball of light began to form in his hand. He threw it quickly into the air, hoping it would reach the other side. It did, striking the wall before falling to the floor. The little light burned white, revealing a small drawbridge as well as two ghouls that had been standing dormant until that moment. Curse me, Lennox thought as he dropped low. He grabbed at his torch and threw it into the chasm, hoping against hope that it would go unseen by the undead. Too late. The unstirring had already begun. The closest hollow, a tall man made up of weathered bones and rotted flesh, gazed down at the fading spell as though in a trance. But the second... The second ghoul stood strong in a suit of armor not unlike the one Lennox wore, save for its color. The hollow knight stared across the chasm, his eyes searching the ledge where Lennox lay pressed against the earth. The spell of illumination still burned brightly beside the two ghouls, when, without warning, the cursed knight moved towards the drawbridge and kicked at the latch, releasing the anchor and dropping the bridge. It fell like a hammer, striking at the stone ledge in one thunderous clap that echoed back and forth across the stones a hundred times before fading into the distance. Ten hells, Lennox grunted as he rose, taking his flail tightly into his hand. The hollow knight was already moving, 
pulling out his enormous broadsword he wore strapped to his back. Lennox's mind went to Astrid. The girl would be crushed if he did not act. With a yell, the Golden Knight leapt forward, his feet shifting from the stone cliff to the iron drawbridge. Every step mattered. He must keep the fight from reaching the girl. Then the hollow was upon him, cutting at him with a mighty blow. Lennox danced to the side, dodging the strike as he swung his flail around the hollow's neck. He shifted his feet and tugged at the handle, causing the knight to lose balance. Lennox smiled as he released the flail, kicking at the knight's back as he did. The cursed knight fell noiselessly from the drawbridge, his dark frame lost into the abyss. Lennox turned to face the lingering ghoul. Teeth bared in a rancorous snarl, the wicked creature was running towards him. The hollow hobbled as he charged, raising his dagger high before bringing it down upon the knight. Lennox raised his arm, letting the blow strike against his armored gauntlet. He reached out with his free hand, grabbing at the hollow's neck and shoving him off the drawbridge with a kick. He watched as the hollow fell into the darkness. Lennox let out a sigh. The fight had gone well, though he had lost his flail in the skirmish. Still, weapons could be replaced, armor repaired, as long as he was the one standing in the end. He turned to the girl when a distant light caught his eye. Deep in the chasm, along the path he had traveled, glimmered the twinkling of a light, the blurred shining of a distant candle. Lennox stepped forward, his heart raced as more and more candles began to appear. Not candles, torches, thirty of them, carried by a horde of ghouls as they ran along the curving pathway. The Golden Knight shook his head and hurried to the girl. Astrid, he said. Astrid, it's time to wake up. I need you to wake up. He looked back at the horde, their distant torches growing closer by the second. Huh. Fine then. Have it your way, he said as he scooped her up into his arms. Warily, he rose to his feet, wondering just how far he could go while carrying the girl. If he had to, he could throw her into the ravine. It would be a kindness in truth. A better end than she would otherwise receive. He didn't want to think of it. He would do what he could for her and no more. He had his own duties to fulfill. He crossed the bridge, picking up the illumination spell as he did. Without it, he was likely to run himself off the cliff. As it was, he had hardly gone ten paces when he reached a sharp turn in the road. He stopped cold, almost dropping Astrid in the process. A row of dying torches lined the cavern wall, their flames gone, leaving behind smoldering ash that clung to the pathway like a row of glowing sapphires. The burning ash ran twenty or so paces before reaching a small tunnel and disappearing into the mountain. By the time he reached the split, he was already breathing heavily, his body wet with sweat beneath his armor. He had to make a choice, and had little time to make it. He tossed his glowing sphere along the chasm before ducking into the tunnel. Burn me, he cursed, regretting the decision immediately. Outside, he could always retreat to the river. In the tunnel, who knew where he might end up? It was a narrow passage, barely wide enough for two people to pass. He could see more torches up ahead, these ones well lit with steady flames, revealing an end to the widening tunnel not far ahead. He burst out of the hall, sliding onto the dusty marble floor before falling to the ground, doing his best not to fall on the girl. Lennox rose quickly, 
groaning as he did. He picked up Astrid from the pavement while he looked around uneasily. A small river lay ahead of him, lined on both sides with heavy wooden barrels, as well as large rafts to guide them. Behind the river stood a single fortified tower, made of stone and mortar. He made for the bridge, hobbling as he ran. He had twisted his knee during his fall. It would not slow him down. He was halfway to the bridge when the first of the hollows burst out of the tunnel behind him, streaming forth like a pack of feral dogs. Their numbers less, but still strong enough to overcome him. Lennox could feel their empty eyes upon his back as they sighted him and the girl, following after in reckless pursuit. He crossed the bridge, the weight of the girl pressing into his shoulder, throwing off his balance as he ran up the first steps leading into the tower. He fell with a crash but rose quickly, not daring to look behind him. He was close, very close, only a few more steps. He grabbed at Astrid's hand and dragged her up, one step at a time, until at last he stood before the tower's entrance. He laughed when he saw it was cracked open and pushed the heavy iron door the rest of the way, throwing in Astrid before closing it behind him and lowering the iron bar, locking it in place. Crash! The door shook as the horde of ghouls fell upon it. Lennox lifted his visor, watching closely for any signs of weakness, but the iron hinges were thick and strong, and the door would not break. A hint of relief shone in his eyes as he turned and looked at the girl. How many times must I come to your aid? He stopped then, noticing the wound on her calf had split open. The tower was well lit, allowing Lennox to see the severity for the first time. He looked to the door, listening to the hollows as they banged upon it with their swords. Either it would hold, or it wouldn't. It was no longer in his control. He turned to the girl and pressed his hand upon her calf, and whispered to the air. He would be empty now, for some time. But it was all he could do. The two torches set beside the door winked out, then the one halfway up the tower. Then the two set at the top, until the only light was the warmth coming from Lennox's hand. Then that faded too and the golden knight fell to his side, shattered and drained in the darkness of the tower, the clinking of the hollow swords echoing in the air. The palace doors lay in ruin, beaten in by a large battering ram shaped in the form of a boar, whose charred remains lay off to the side, still smoldering from the dead flames that had once consumed it. Scorch marks soiled the once beautiful walls and rich velvet rugs that lined the floors. A dark ash filled the air, never resting as the heavy cinder kicked and twirled with every gust of wind. Women and children lay stacked in piles, their corpses smoldering like the boars. Lennox waded through the destruction, stepping over hollow suits of armor once filled with the castle guards, now empty save for charred bones that turned to ash at the slightest touch burned to crisps by an eternal flame. Helio, my queen, please, reveal yourself. The ash of the dead stuck to him in clumps, leaving broad black smears against his polished golden armor. He stepped across another strewn body, kicking up a puff of black soot that covered his legs up to his knee. Priestess, priestess, the palace shook. A distant scream reverberated across the marble halls, 
echoing in madness before stillness fell once more. The Golden Knight wandered the grounds, making his way through the great halls towards the courtroom. It was there that he came across three royal guards, standing before the corpses of the fallen king, his skin cold and grey. Sir Gareth, Sir Andre, Lennox said, lifting his visor so he could meet their eyes. Sir Wendrick. He nodded in respect to the three knights. Prince, Sir Wendrick replied sadly. Sir Gareth and Sir Andre said nothing at all, donning their helmets and drawing their blades in response. Where are my brothers? My sister? King Dresden and Princess Syrah have gone to the Tower of the Gods in pursuit of Sir Gillian. As for Prince Duncan, I cannot say. Only, I'm glad they have gone. I prefer it fell to us to finish what you and your false queen began. It would break your father's heart to see his children resort to kinslain. He wasn't supposed to be here. None of you were. I want you to know that. Sir Wendrick looked on with reproach, his mouth twisting with distaste. Lennox continued. The lords have been lying to us. All of them. Lord Shem most of all. I realize that you might not understand. But this age has run its course. We were never meant to be ruled by them. The Creator has given us the rulers we deserve. We deserve more. We deserve to die alone. And so we shall, to be sure. As it stands, Lord Shem sits with your false queen in the throne room. He has bid us let you pass. But you have tarnished your father's name and honor dictates we set it right. At last Sir Wendrick donned his helm, flexing his hand before clutching at his blade. This is not a fight I desire, Lennox said. They never are, Wendrick answered, but it is the one you must face. Then he charged, flanked closely by Sir Gareth and Sir Andre. They were big men, the royal guard, well over six feet and donned in castle-forged armor carrying castle-forged steel, all bearing the crest of the royal family. Lennox had removed his family armor, instead wearing a suit of gold bearing no sigil. He carried a discus war shield made of shifting light and a spear crafted from white silver and imbued with lightning, the tip of which cracked and thundered as though a storm bristled upon the blade. He could feel the power from the spear pulsing through his skin, making him feel as though his very flesh blistered with magic. Hesitant, he readied himself to meet the three men, and thrust his spear forth, striking at the knights as they fell upon him. The air turned blue, crackling like a storm among them. It took all of Lennox's strength just to keep hold his weapon. The clear crystal light of the spear took to the air, and streamed out connecting the three foes as though trapped in a current. The palace walls bowed outwards, attempting in some way to escape the release of power, so utterly strong that the very earth began to shudder. After a time the earth fell quiet, and when the ash settled no sign of the royal guards remained. Where the three men once stood lay white footprints set into the surrounding soot, and nothing more. Strangely, a single mirror hung askew on tattered cords survived the destruction except for a single crack 
that ran along the right side from top to bottom. It was there that Lennox caught sight his reflection. He was not himself, but a stranger set in smoldering armor of gold, and cast in burning embers with heat and blood shimmering about him. The knight in the mirror looked as though he were fire made flesh, cruel in strength, with power enough to put down the gods and set about the seceding age. So terrible was the image that Lennox stood grounded, unable to cast his gate aside or cry out, until at last the mirror could no longer hold such an image and shattered, falling to the earth in a thousand pieces of silver and glass. Then everything went dark. <laughs>